Hello, my friends. Today we are in Psalm 44, another psalm from the sons of Korah. I'm going to read it to you from Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase. We've been hearing about this God all our lives. Our fathers told us the stories. Their fathers told them how single-handedly you weeded out the godless from the fields and planted us. How you sent those people packing but gave us a fresh start. We didn't fight for this land. We didn't work for it. It was a gift. You gave it, smiling as you gave it, delighting as you gave it. You're my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. With your help, we'll wipe out our enemies. In your name, we'll stomp them to dust. I don't trust in weapons. My sword won't save me. But it's you, you who saved us from the enemy. You made those who hate us lose face. All day, we parade God's praise. We thank you by name over and over. But now you've walked off and left us. You've disgraced us and won't fight for us. You made us turn tail and run. Those who hate us have cleaned us out. You delivered us as sheep to the butcher. You scattered us to the four winds. You sold your people at a discount. You made nothing on the sale. You made people on the street, urchins, poke fun and call us names. You made us a joke among the godless, a cheap joke among the rabble. Every day I'm up against it. My nose rubbed in it, in my shame. Gossip and ridicule fill the air. People out to get me crowd the street. All this came down on us and we've nothing. We've done nothing to deserve it. We never betrayed your covenant. Our hearts were never false. Our feet never left your path. Do we deserve torture in a den of jackals or lock up in a black hole? If we had forgotten to pray to our God or made fools of ourselves with store-bought gods, wouldn't God have figured this out? We can't hide things from him. No, you decided to make us martyrs, lambs assigned for sacrifice each day. Get up, God. Are you going to sleep all day? Wake up. Don't you care what happens to us? Why do you bury your face in the pillow? Why pretend things are just fine with us? And here we are, flat on our faces in the dirt, held down with a boot on our necks. Get up and come to our rescue. If you love us so much, help us. As I shared in my weekly note, this psalm was a game changer for me. It fully articulated uh, the severity of what I felt uh, in thinking back on uh, stable early days of my life uh, in the church and growing up with my mom as a worship musician and then looking at how uh, things change uh, and how bad things can happen to good people. Um, my mom uh, then steadily declined from this degenerative illness and I felt very clearly uh, these uh, Psalm 44 gave words uh, to uh, the severity of what I felt as I watched her decline and as I grieved her death. Um, so Psalm 44, it starts out in the first eight verses. I mean, talking about glory days and and praise and, and talking about how not only are you God of my fathers, you you God, uh, my God, my victory, but then it's it's kind of like, oh, 
all of that was a backhanded compliment. Uh, where's the poop? Well, here's the poop. Uh, verses 9 and following. Uh, 9 to 16 goes into accusations toward God. Uh, 17 to 22 gives us declarations of innocence. And then the clincher, verses 23 to 26, this very strong, harsh plea for help. Um, John Goldingay says this, If God gets the credit when things go well, God gets asked the questions when things go badly. In contrast, Christians often tell God what needs to be fixed in our political situation, rather than just asking for deliverance or asking God, why are you doing this? Failing to accuse God implies a failure to acknowledge who's really in charge, who really has the power. And so, using strong, taunting language is, the, is what happens in this psalm. And it sounds like Elijah taunting the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18. Maybe he's traveling or deep in thought or busy. He's in the bathroom or sleeping. Maybe that's why he's not burning up the sacrifice here. It sounds like the severity of the disciples pleading with Jesus in the storm in Mark 4. Don't you care? How can you be sleeping in the midst of all this? Paul picks up on this language in uh, the eighth chapter of his letter to the Romans. As it is written in Psalm 44, For your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But Paul takes on a different tone. He's like, Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword uh, separate us from the love of Christ? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Jesus knew about shame and rejection and abandonment. He experienced it fully on the cross. And Paul, in his letter, he's connecting Jesus' suffering on the cross to that experience of abandonment and bad things happening to good people that's found in Psalm 44. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We're brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. The psalm leaves after all that harsh language on one single Hebrew word, chesed, which is a rich word. Paul in Romans 8 is kind of like double-clicking and expounding on what chesed is. It's unfailing love. It's covenant faithfulness. This is life completely lived in God's hands. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Rise up and help us, God.